Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa rasulullah. You're listening to Islam Tomorrow. This is an almost live broadcast coming to you from right here in Arlington, Texas. The place where I made shahada entered into Islam over 15 years ago or so. MashaAllah. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, the National Muslim Chaplain from Washington, D.C., on assignment here to Arlington, Texas. And the brothers here are asking a lot of questions about the subject of discussing or talking about our way of life, our beliefs, with those who don't have that particular idea. And how can we open up the discussion, especially between Muslims and Christians? Because, of course, here we do have quite a few Christians, alhamdulillah. In general, I want to make a statement before I start answering the question, is to keep in mind that these are not your enemies. Allah told you in the Quran who your enemy is. It's the shaitan, the devil. He also told the Christians in their book, that the devil is their enemy. He's the author of confusion. So we, as Muslims, have been commanded to always work together with others for the sake of goodness. Even if they don't have the same belief as you, or they want to work for good, and you want to work for good, then join each other together for all that is good. The ultimate good is, of course, calling the people to the right belief. But in the meantime, at least we can work together for some of the other good things that can be uh, established here on this earth. And and additionally, maybe they'll come around to looking at what we have. And maybe we can better understand how they are trying to say what they're trying to say. So keep in mind that we want to keep the doors open, keep the bridges open, and let's keep our dialogue open. So this is the reason for our questions this morning. We've got 13 questions here. That's a baker's dozen if I ever saw one. And uh, begin. Bismillah. We have a question from our brother here. He's asking about Adam and his sin, his original sin, which is what it's called in the Bible. And uh, then how much of that, though, is really influenced by the devil? Lucifer comes to Adam and tells him, eat the fruit, eat the fruit, go ahead. It's okay, you eat it and you'll have eternal life. That's one of the things that was promised in the Bible. Eat it and you'll never die. Adam had been commanded by Almighty God, don't eat the fruit. Well, first of all, Why do you think God put the fruit there? As a test for Adam. This whole life is a test. So, Adam on his own, maybe he would have obeyed the law. But now all of a sudden he has somebody influencing him, prompting him, and putting ideas in his head that weren't there before, right? But again, that's part of the test. And Allah knew that that was going to happen. And he allowed it to happen. Because he wants us to go through the life making choices, and then being responsible for our choice. But let's ask another question. Where did the devil come from? I think that's an important issue here. Where did the devil come from? Who is this devil that's trying to get people to go do the opposite of what God wants? Now, the concept in some Christian and Jewish gatherings is that the devil is an enemy to God, and there's a fight in the universe going on between the dark forces of the devil and the and the light forces of God. God is light, and the devil is darkness, and there's this big fight in the universe going on. How many of you heard this kind of concept before? You heard about it? Well, this is not Star Wars. Okay? And it's uh, Luke. <laughs> Let the force be with you. No, it's not like this. Okay? Actually, what it is that you have to understand, we are not the first creation of God to have a choice. 
those before us were called jinn. You don't see jinn because they're made from a smokeless fire. And one of the real worshippers of God from the jinn was named Iblis. And he used to worship God day and night and in the middle of the day. But he was very proud of the fact that he was elevated up so high with God that he even was praying alongside of angels. Okay, That's where the idea comes that he's a fallen angel. Although he's not. He's from something different. Angels are made from what? Light. And he's made from a smokeless fire. They're not the same thing. And he had choice. It's not what he's made out of. What matters is that God gave him the ability to make choice. Here is a test for you. Okay? And it, all of the tests from Allah are basically yes or no. They're basically yes or no. True or false. And the test comes, will you do what I order you to do? And he's doing all these things and considering himself to be a, quite a worshiper of God and elevated very high. But then Allah, Almighty God, creates Adam and says, Adam is my best creation and I order all creation to bow down because of him. And all of creation bows down genuflex and make sajda or prostration but not this guy and why he said I'm better than him you made him out of dirt mud a despised fluid this guy is from you know mud I am not going to bow down to him but it's not about bowing down to Adam the subject was bowing down because God told you to do it and he said I'm not going to do it and it becomes known to him now he's going to be in big trouble. He's going to go to hell for this. And he still doesn't care. He said, I don't care. God's telling me that you're going to go to hell. You know that. He said, I don't care. Let me take him, meaning Adam, and all of his offspring with me. God said, okay, go ahead. All of them that you can catch, take. Why? Because God doesn't need people. He didn't create people because he has need. He created to give them a choice. Just like he gave the devil. Now, the devil is very proud. He has what's called kibber or pride. But Allah is akbar from the same root, the greatest. So when a person sets him up to be great, I'm great. Oh, yeah? You're making yourself as a partner with God, and he don't like that. But it doesn't mean he's going to cut you off immediately, just like the devil. He could have cut him off immediately. He didn't. Let him go through his life. He's still alive, man. But his belief that there's a God is not helping him. So it's real important what we believe about God and what we do about it. So did the devil influence Adam? Absolutely. But who let him do it to start with? God let the devil do it. Just like he let the devil make choices, he lets Adam make choices. So he puts obstacles in the path. Who? Allah allows the devil to put these obstacles in our path. And then see what you're going to do about it. After Adam ate the fruit, the story was not that he ate the fruit and God said, oh, gee, I don't have any fruit left because God doesn't eat. It was, now what will you do about it? And he repented. But the devil won't repent. It was Moses, peace and blessing be upon him, who asked God about this. Could the devil repent? And if he did, what would be the circumstances? And Allah said, yeah, he could. He could repent. But he would have to go, and, and God would accept it. But he would have to go to Adam's grave and make the prostration that he didn't make when he was supposed to in the first place. And the devil says, if I wouldn't bow down to him while he's alive, I'm sure not going to bow down to him now while he's dead. So you see, he's never going to let off of it. 
Now, Jesus, peace be upon him, asked a similar question to Allah. He asked the question, could Iblis, the devil, repent? And if he did, would you accept it? It's a little bit different phrasing of the question. Allah said, yes, but I already know he won't. So the options, as long as you're alive, this gives hope to all of us. I'm, I'm bad, okay? All of us are bad. We're human beings. We make mistakes. I don't want you to know my mistakes. In fact, if you think I'm good, that's so much the better. I'll make dua that your good thoughts about me come true. But, in fact, all of us are bad. We've all fallen short of the mark. This is taught in Christianity the same. But the solution to the problem is different in Islam. For us, the solution to the problem is to acknowledge to yourself, not to anybody else. You don't go out and advertise it. But acknowledge to yourself that you really did these things and then ask Allah to forgive you. He knows you did it. It's not, you're not coming up with something new for Allah, but you're coming up with something new for you. Yeah, I really did it. I lied. I stole. I did this. I did that. But I need to stop doing that. And then you go to Allah and you ask him to forgive you. And there are many ways to do that in Islam. It's not just one. There are many avenues Allah makes open. A person could just raise their hands and make dua or, make dua, uh, or uh, supplicate with their heart. They can make wudu and wash up and go pray to rakahs. They can make hajj. They can give charity. They can sacrifice. They can do so many things as a symbol to Allah to show that you're really serious about your repentance. So that's really what it's about. And yeah, he influenced him, but so what? He influenced Eve. But we don't say, like the Bible teaches, that Eve forced, practically forced Adam into what he did. And so they blame Eve. That's why the women have this curse on them. It even says that in the Bible. Because of this, all women have the curse of the month. Once a month they have this problem, you know, and so it's called the curse. It comes from the Bible. And she's cursed in childbirth, this pain that she has, all because of this. This is not the concept in Islam. Eve disobeyed God and ate the fruit. Adam disobeyed God and ate the fruit. The devil disobeyed God and didn't make his sajda. This is what we know. So, And each one is responsible on their own for what they have done. Islam teaches that God doesn't put a burden on anybody bigger than they can bear, nor does he cause somebody to bear the uh, burden of somebody else. And this is in Surah Baqarah, chapter 2, verse uh, the last verse, 286. It is, because it goes right from there. Rabbana Latua Chidna Nesino Achtana. Okay. Pretty much take care of that one, right? Okay, next. Number two. Question number two. Uh, coming up here. Sound like a game show, doesn't it? Hey, how about this? How about I give the answer and you tell me the question? Like Jeopardy? No, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> question is about Sunday. Sunday. What is Sunday? Why do Christians go to church on Sunday? Well, they go to church on Sunday because this is a holy day for them. They call it the Sabbath, and they worship on the Sabbath. According to the Christian, they are honoring the fourth commandment in the Old Testament, which is the Ten Commandments that they refer to. The fourth commandment is remember the Sabbath and give it holy. What most of them don't know, but there is one group of Christians, have, uh, and by the way, their headquarters is very close to where we are. It's in Alvord, Texas. Alvord, Texas is the headquarters for the Seventh-day Adventists. They hold that the seventh day is the day of worship, not the first day. The first day of the week, everybody knows, is Sunday. Everybody knows, and I'm talking about Arabs, Christians, um, Muslims, Jews. Everybody knows first day of the week is Sunday. So why are the 
Christians worshiping on Sunday when the Bible says seven. Because the word Sabbath is from Hebrew saying seven. And it's also in the Arabic, Sabbath, which means seven. So it's definitely Saturday. The day the Jews worshipped on is the day, and they still worship today. The seventh day is holy for them. They don't do, they don't turn a tap on that day. They don't do anything on that day, right? So what happened? Well, okay. Go to our website. You want the full reference. I'm just going to give you a quick answer. But the full reference you can find on our website, islamtomorrow.com, I-S-L-A-M-T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W.com, slash Bible, B-I-B-L-E. And you'll find this subject and many others there dealt with, such as Trinity, such as, you know, how this thing's come about. But basically what happened is, in the year 325 A.D., the Roman Church, which was not Christian at that time, headed up by the Roman Emperor Constantine, took over a portion or a faction of Christianity and labeled it as the official Church of Rome. And called it the Roman for the nation. Catholic meaning universal church. The Roman universal church. Catholic church. Okay? And when they took over, they had to change some things. One of the things they had to change the day of worship from Saturday to become Sunday because the emperor was a sun worshiper. And he wanted it on his day which was Sunday. And that's why it's called Sunday, because you worship on Sunday. And uh, there were seven main days, uh, seven titles for the seven days of the week. The first was most of the people that worshipped the sun could have off this day in the Roman Empire, which was Sunday. The next day was the moon worshippers, moon day. And our word Monday comes from moon, moon worship. The next was to worship Zeus, Zeus day. We call it Tuesday. The next way was to worship Wooden, and what is Wooden? This is the God of nature, that God is in everything, like the plants, the trees, and wood. And our word wood comes from this God, Wooden. And that's why they say knock on wood. It means the good luck of knocking on the God. So don't, yeah, don't say it, because this is uh, a lot, now that you know it especially, don't, don't fall for this. They also are the ones who used to bring the, the evergreen trees in their house and the, put these things around to, to protect them against the shaitan. And Allah told them, the Jews in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, don't be like the pagans and cut down the tree and bring it in your house and decorate it to think it's going to benefit you. It cannot benefit you, nor can it harm you. Now, this is in Jeremiah. Sound like the Quran, doesn't it? Can't benefit you, can't harm you. Uh, uh, it's only God that you turn to for this. Huh? So don't be like them. Don't copy them. And, of course, we see today, Christmas time, everybody's got to hum it up. But the bad news is, Muslims now, I found, are doing the same thing. Putting Christmas trees in their houses and putting up the decorations. I just left a country, by the way, that has now, right now, this is April, it has Christmas trees, electric-looking Christmas trees, neon lights, hanging on almost every lamppost in the whole country. Green and red-colored and they look just like Christmas tree. I said, what is that? They said, oh, we're just celebrating, you know, the birthday of the Prophet <laughs> with Christmas trees and lights. I said, I said, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I said, okay, I left that religion, you know. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. 
So that's how it comes about. They, and they they justify it. You might say, well, how can they justify this? Well, they say that it's the Lord's Day. Because they knew they would have a problem with the people, so they come up with a verse from the Bible talking about this is the day the Lord raised up from the tomb, so it's the Lord's Day. So it's changed now since the Lord rose out of the tomb, so you're going to do it there. But they added a lot of other things. They added the Feast of Ishtar called Easter that had the, the reference to fertility, and that's why the rabbit... They multiply rather rapidly, as we know. And the eggs, which are a sign of fertility, that all was introduced at that time. They had a number of other things. They changed Jesus' birthday to be December 25th, which is the god of Mithras, who was born on this day. They did a lot of things like that. So, But this is an innovation and not acceptable, but they did it. So may Allah guide them. And us, I mean. Moving forward, question number three. It said... Talking about the subject of salvation in Christianity, if they are saved because Jesus is on the cross, then are they home free? And the meaning here was that if you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins, can you do anything you want to do and you'll be forgiven? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? And I asked that same question right here in Texas a number of years ago to a Baptist minister, just kind of testing it out. Because they have an expression amongst some of the Baptists that says, once saved, always saved. Okay, well, I was hanging out with the Baptists and I accepted their idea for a period of time, considered myself a Baptist. So what does that mean? I'm Muslim now, but i am still got this spare tire here just in case, right? I'm still saved, right? And I asked them, I said, am I still saved because I was with you guys and now I'm a Muslim? And he's going, no. I said, well, then what do you mean once saved, always saved? He said, well, you weren't really with us. I said, well, how do you know? <laughs> well, if that was true, then you wouldn't be a Muslim. Oh, okay. Well, i just asking, you know. So they will tell you, for instance, that this forgives everything. And then they might try to explain that, well, that's in the past, but you can't do it anymore. But then that means that, okay, so what? So what do I do now if I make a mistake? What if I steal something? As a good Christian, but then I steal something. Now, how can I repent? What can I do? They say, well, then they start coming up with these ideas. Well, no matter what you add to it, that means then it wasn't sufficient that Jesus is on the cross. There has to be more. But most people won't get in a dialogue with you. They say, you just don't understand. You don't have the right belief. So it doesn't do any benefit to argue the point for most people. Uh, next question. And by the way, there's a lot more about this on our website called Islam Always. That's another website we have for a lot of dialogue. Go to Islam Always and get into the section where there's a lot of discussions in there and look up this through the search engine we have on our website. Or send us an email, askislam at AOL.com. Let's now move on to the next one. Da Vinci Code. Is there any merit to the Da Vinci Code? What's the guy's name that wrote the book? Dan Brown. Pretty cool book, huh? I have it, by the way. Somebody gave it to me as a gift. They thought I would really appreciate it. said, you know, you're always studying the Bible in the different languages and the texts and looking. Here is this thing. Now we have it. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Well, I think it's a big book. I think you wasted 25 bucks. But, you know. Yeah, you can buy the book and read it for yourself. That's something in Islam. We don't have a problem. If you want to look at something, go ahead and look. We don't have a forbidden list or something like that. Read it for yourself and see what you think. Personally, um, 
I don't really get into those things because it's clear from the Quran. I accept the Quran as being wajiz, a miracle from Allah. There's no book like the Quran. Nobody can bring a book like it. Allah said, if you're in doubt about it, bring a book like it. That's a challenge. Nobody did it. Allah said in the Quran that have the unbelievers not considered if it was from other than Allah, it would contain within it uh, ikhtilaf, a lot of um, contradictions. And it doesn't have any. And then Allah challenges, bring ten chapters like it. And then another challenge, just bring one chapter like it. And nobody can do that. They can't bring anything like it. There's nothing like it because, for instance, just here's one for you. Go make up anything you want, even three verses. Go do that and see how many people you can get to sit down and memorize it in another language. Go ahead. We today have probably close to 20 million people memorize the entire Quran. Officially, we have over 9 million known people memorize the entire Quran. More than that. Okay? That's, that's a statistic published. How many people memorize the phone book? Nobody. How many people memorize the Bible? Nobody. <laughs> what language would you memorize it in? English? How? The English Bible has only been around 500 years. Nobody. Nobody has memorized it. How can you memorize what you don't have? You don't have the original. How are you going to sit and memorize it? You'd have to look at the Old Testament in the Hebrew or Hebrew language. The New Testament, you'd have to decide, am I going to memorize it in Kone Greek or Aramaic? If you try to memorize it in Aramaic, you're going to have a problem. A lot of the words you can't pronounce anymore. And we're talking about one person. And here we got the Quran with over 9 million memorized the whole entire thing. It's exactly the same if you hear it in Indonesia, India, Saudi Arabia, or a place called Arlington, Texas. Do you have anybody in Arlington, Texas memorize the whole Quran? Do you have anybody here in this masjid right here memorize the whole Quran? Right here, sitting with us, that Arlington, is Arlington an Islamic state yet? Well, I didn't think so. Okay, just checking. But it's happening. The Imam said soon. Uh, you know this statement puts you on the list, right? <laughs> he said, Alhamdulillah. Okay, so, we got people right here memorized the whole Quran. Right here in this building. Entire Quran, entire Quran, hello, there's no other book that has that distinction. So I'm going to read this book called Da Vinci Code, or anything else. I don't need it. The, in fact, I'm wasting my time. I'd rather read the Quran and get ajr from Allah. How much ajr do I get for reading Da Vinci Code? Wasted $25. i got to make up for this now. Alhamdulillah. I, I did look through it and I read some of the theories on the thing and I, and I said, I can't take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get, get me my Quran back and pick up where I left off. I haven't memorized it yet. I need to work on that.